Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Pump Fake, the week one edition of the Pump Fake, I might add. Jerry Bailey with you as always, joined by Mike Nicastro, Yinter Crazy, Chris Formley, and friends. It's good to actually officially meet you, my friend. How are you? Good. What an honor. Week one. Didn't realize that. Really excited to be on the uh, the show here and hoping I can uh, have a pump fake like Big Ben, the classic pump fake man, one of the greatest pump fakes I've ever seen in my life. I don't think you'll get a performance uh, out of me like that today, but I'll, I'll try my best. Uh, I appreciate appreciate that effort. But uh, yeah, no, we've got uh, a lot of Steelers news to talk about to lead off because obviously Mitch Trubisky named the week one starter, which um, I know that you and I see pretty eye to eye on this, by the way. Um, it makes sense to have Mitch be the week one guy. Um, in terms of what this means going forward, they're going to Cincinnati. By the way, do you know the line for, for that game in Cincinnati this week? It's a lot lower than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's like minus six and a half. Bengals minus Correct. six and a half. Correct. So going into Cincinnati, Mitch, the week one starter, um how, just tell everybody your point of view i mean you have a great video about it uh for the sick podcast steelers edition um for those who haven't seen it though state your reasoning why this is the smart move yeah of course i think you don't bring in a bridge quarterback unless you're building a bridge uh and that's what the steelers are doing drafted obviously kenny pickett in, in round one uh, and their tensions ever since they signed Mitch Trubisky were for him to be the starting quarterback. Uh, and ever since they drafted Kenny Pickett, their intentions for him were for him to obviously hopefully push that starting quarterback. Uh, but it's the reason he's a bridge, right? Ultimately, you want Kenny Pickett to take that job. Ultimately, he is going to take that job. I think I said a few times you know, prior to this unveiling, which was inevitable to me, that you can start Mitch Trubisky, and if – he stinks. You can go to Kenny Pickett. It's a natural transition, right? A, a really easy transition, one that makes sense. A Tommy Maddox, Ben Roethlisberger transition. What you can't do is you can't start Kenny Pickett and then have him play poorly and, you know, pets' heads are falling off and say, all right, let's 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 go to Mitch Trubisky or let's go to Mason Rudolph. You, you shatter a kid's confidence that way. It's just not smart. I know there's a lot of people out there who are clamoring for Pickett after his preseason performance, but this was just always going to be the case. Yeah, no, I, I recall whenever, um, you know, to go to another 2004 rookie, when Eli Manning uh, was taken by the Giants and they told Kurt Warner that they were going to put uh, Eli in. Kurt Warner famously saying, look, if you're going to do this, you got to do it. You can't put me back in if he starts to struggle because that's just going to kill him. So, Similar situation here where, yes, like I think for most Steelers fans, Mitch Trubisky probably wasn't their first choice. However, he wasn't most people's last choice either. At least I know he wasn't mine. Yeah. Um, so it could be a hell of a lot worse. You know, Mitch is a guy who, you know, wins aren't per se a quarterback stat, but teams win more often than they don't when he's a starter. Yep. 24, 24 and 12 in that 2018 year when the Bills won the North or when the Bears won the North, excuse me. So, I mean, this is a guy who he's not going to blow you out of the water, but I don't think Mitch Trubisky is going to be the reason that the Steelers lose games if and when, you know, that time comes. Yeah, bro. I mean, I think they up upgraded a quarterback. I think that's a really, really argument, to, uh, easy argument to make. 
I'm big ben, Ben's number one guy. I, I rode his curtails all the way till the end uh, last year, but this is a team that upgraded a quarterback, right? And so obviously Mitch Trubisky is not going to move the needle like a, you know, an Aaron Rodgers would have, right? Or a Kyler Murray, another guy who was rumored to be on the block for a few weeks. Uh, but for what he is, he, he's, you know, he's okay. He's an upgraded quarterback on a team that made the playoffs last season. Uh, so ultimately, I, I, I agree with you. If they don't make the playoffs, playoffs or if they struggle, it's probably going to be more because the offensive line hasn't got their crap together or the defense still isn't able to stop the run. Um, but I, I will say one thing about Mitch. He's going to obviously not just have Kenny breathing down his back, but the fans at Heinz Field, man. Oh, the pressure goodness. is going to be kind of annoying for him. One incompletion against New England in the home opener in two weeks, and you're going to hear Kenny chants, and that's just unfair. So if, 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 if I can make one plea to Steelers Nation right now, it's just give, be patient. Let him have a, a chance because you're just hurting your, yourself if you're booing this guy. It's, the, it's like a reverse of what's going on in San Francisco right now where – you know, there's a lot of people who still are behind Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance comes in. He's got that situation breathing down his neck. For Mitch, you're the veteran and you've got this hometown guy who seemingly is going to be right there. The fans, like in his preseason debut, everybody was chanting Kenny's name like it was the final drive of a playoff game. Like, <laughs> So, yeah, no, I could get why that could be a problem or at least annoying if, if you're Mitch Trubisky. So that is something to definitely watch out for. I will say, though, about the Steelers, though, their defense at this point especially their secondary, they're better today than compared to at this point last season um, when it was just a rotating door of who was going to be, especially that slot corner, uh, a lot deeper in the secondary. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and last year, I think everybody will recall that James Pierre started out as one of those starting outside corners, and that ended up being a, a, a disaster. I think the first game that comes to my mind was that Broncos game. Yeah, um, I think he had a pick at the very end, but he struggled. Through I remember it. that because you had tweeted something that was, my predi- that that was, was my going down prediction. your. That was crazy. Yes, so I do recall yeah. that. That was my Twitter pop off day because I think I, <laughs> I I remember that game. Claypool scored a touchdown, his only one. Pierre had a late interception when we all said, "Okay, this guy, he's back." Um, and I can't remember the last thing happened. Steelers won in the final seconds uh, because right. of that pick, but after that, significant drop off from James Pierre and. Yeah, I mean, outside of Joe Hayden and then, you know, Cam Sutton did play well in the slot ultimately, but uh, prior to picking up a killer Weatherspoon, I mean, there's a reason they traded for a corner, right? You don't just yeah. trade for a corner in the season without thinking that's a big weakness of your team. Weatherspoon played great, far and above expectations, pushing James Pierre back. Who knows when we'll see him again. And then Levi Wallace, a guy that we had on the podcast earlier this year, uh, I mean, was stellar for Buffalo, that number one defense last year. Uh, stepped up when Trey White was out for them and, and became a number one corner. So, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I still think Joe Hayden had some legs, believe it or not, but it makes sense they didn't keep him around. He's getting you know long in the tooth. But I, I think that they're a lot better off in the cornerback room, no question about it. Expectations for Pittsburgh this season, expectations for the AFC North this season. Dude, tough. <laughs> the whole The whole <laughs> AFC – so I've people keep asking me like you you say the Steelers have gotten better so why do you have their record in the same scope and I haven't officially made my prediction yet I still got I still have forty eight hours Jared you do give me you do. give me that time um 
and it's because the AFC is just stacked. I think there's two teams, maybe three, if you include the Browns, the Texans and the Jaguars that are just like you can declare them dead before the season even starts. Every single other team has a chance. AFC West, AFC South, even, you know, even the 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 Titans obviously are, are there at the end of the day and and um, much improved teams in the AFC West, of course. I don't have to tell you about the Broncos. Everybody everybody knows where they're at. But speaking in specifically about the AFC North, Bengals are, are I think they're actually going to take a small step back, even though they're you know phenomenally talented. People forget they were still a ten and seven team last year. That right. Super Bowl hangover is just it's so real. It's it's strange, but it, it happens. They'll peak at the end of the season. Steelers fans know all about Super Bowl hangovers. Dude, of course. Like I do too. I had a lot to drink on on Saturday, so um, I'm I'm still I'm still hurting today, even though it's two days past that. But Bengals will be fine. They'll peak at the end of the season, even though I think that hangover is going to happen. I think the Ravens are going to win the division. I really do. That team didn't have Lamar Jackson for the majority of last year. They still almost made the playoffs. Um, and and Lamar Jackson playing for a contract. He's healthy. J.K. Dobbins is back. Marcus Peters is back. That's an 11-12 win team right there. I'm counting out the Browns. I am. Um, but the roster is still stacked. A solid defense, maybe the best run game in the AFC North still with, with uh, obviously, Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt there. So the AFC North is, is tough. Uh, I'm writing the Browns off. Shake, Ravens, for me right now, if I had to pick, Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, Browns. The Steelers with an outside opportunity to be in the fight for that last wild card spot, just like they were last year. Um, who knows if they get there or not? We'll see. You know, in my uh, the game by game predictions for me, I have them going nine and eight. So, um, right around, I'm right around there. Yeah, no, it is Wait, a, it is a good. You said you said it yesterday. You said don't bet against a Mike Tomlin team. It, it, oh sure, you, you can't. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think he'll hang around the playoff hunt, and I just think he finds a way to stay over five hundred and keep that streak intact. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, I think Vegas had their over under set for the Steelers at like seven and a half games. Like, this team's yep. not going to only win seven games. Like, they did it's it last just, year too. Yeah, and I think a lot of what comes into it for me is the uh, the 2019 season. Whenever they were sitting at eight and five with three games remaining with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges at quarterback. And obviously the three remaining games, they, they lose all three of them. I get that. But the fact that he had them in that position to begin with is remarkable after a, a one and four start as well. Uh, I'm not betting against Mike Tomlin, keeping this team competitive. Um, I don't think they will be a playoff team. I think they will be probably the first team out. But would it surprise me if they're the seven seed? Absolutely not. Same. Yeah. I mean, that year was miraculous i don't know how they did it i remember the the win in cincinnati the duck to james washington uh long touchdown where they seemed like they you know i think that was what got them maybe to eight and five and then struggled down the stretch of course but uh you, you said it i mean you, you said it man he's he's uh one heck of a coach people in pittsburgh ginzers will try and tell you otherwise just because we're spoiled over here but if he doesn't go over 500 once more the the sky will be falling but i'll, I'll also be surprised I would be very surprised as well. Um, you're, who do you think is going to be that top dog in the in the AFC? It's, the chalk seems to be the Buffalo Bills. I'm going with the chalk on that, by the way. I think the Bills are the yeah. best team in football on paper. Um, who is uh, kind of your, your cream of the crop when it comes to the AFC? It's interesting because I'm seeing a lot of – it's funny how this happens. Everybody's like, my sleeper pick, my sleeper pick, my sleeper pick, and then everybody has the same, same sleeper pick, which are the Chargers. <laughs> Every single person I'm seeing – 
uh, are on the Chargers because it's their dark horse and it's made it not a dark horse <laughs> anymore in that in that case. Um, they're they're fantastic. They were held back a little bit last year by Brandon Staley, who was I don't know what the heck he was doing half the time. Um, but Herbert's going to get better. Uh, I have them still behind the Bills, though. Um, I do have the Chargers. I, if I had to pick right now, I'd have a Bills-Chargers AFC Championship. Uh, Herbert goes into the cold there in Buffalo and, and gets uh, beat on by Josh Allen and that you know phenomenal Bills team and roster that they've comprised over there. Uh, however, I do have them losing in the Super Bowl once we uh, once they get there. Uh, and I have them losing to a team that is probably falling down everybody's radar. And I have them losing to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Oh, my. Um, I know. I know. And that's been the reaction, which I kind of like over here because <laughs> it's not chalk. And wh- when does chalk happen, right? And you're right. Tom, no, you're, you're very right. And it's Tom Brady. When does Tom Brady command an oh, my response like that? I just, <laughs> I just think if anybody in the world can go through a rumor divorce, taking a week off, to be on the mass singer which is isn't true it's just like bringing it up it's funny um losing offensive linemen right jensen warps chris godwin's a little banged up fournette's fat if anybody (laughs) if anybody can do it it's it's tom brady and i just so they're a lock to win their division the division stinks falcon well saints are pretty good falcons are a three-win team panthers sure maybe they'll hang around a lot of people like in baker but i mean ultimately seven eight win team um Saints will have to always play them well, but the Bucs are going to win that division. Brady in the playoffs in an NFC that is not even close to the AFC. You maybe have four contenders there, I think, ultimately. Packers, Rams, Bucks, 49ers, I would put in there. Um, I got I got Brady over Bills. I haven't tweeted it yet, so don't don't drop the podcast. Okay, yeah. Well, this is streaming live <laughs> on Twitter and YouTube, so hopefully. You, Damn you know, it. Say, yeah, I know. Deep, my deepest apologies. Mike, I know you're going to run. I appreciate you coming on for a little bit. Uh, plug whatever you would like before you get out of here. Yeah, appreciate that, man. So three things we're really excited about. Um, Steelers Crazy Podcast, which is kind of a rebirth of our Yinzer Crazy Podcast. Uh, it will be dropping tomorrow afternoon. We're going to have Brooke Pryor on. She's incredible. ESPN Steelers reporter. Yep. She'll break down a little bit of the news that we saw today. We're actually recording that relatively soon here. Uh, second thing, next week is a big week for us. We start the Chris Wormley and Friends show officially. You can find that on yinzercrazy.com, our website. Uh, and you can find that through the Sick Podcast, Steelers Crazy. Follow at Sick Pod Steelers. Follow me at Mike Dub Sports One if you're not already. It's going to be a fun season, man. And, and look forward to uh, chalking it up with you throughout the year. As always, my friend. Hey, take care. We'll definitely do this soon. And uh, here's to hoping for a 1 0 start for Pittsburgh. Let's do it. Rock and roll. See you, man. Steelers Cheers, plus buddy. six and a half. Take it. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. All right, everybody. And that is Mike DeCastro. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, Mr. Biscay being named the starting quarterback is what, at least what I expected. I think many people expected it as well. Um, and if you're a Steelers fan, like at this point, I don't think you should be rooting for Kenny Pickett to play because, because if Kenny Pickett does end up playing, that means something went wrong. So a lot to, uh, to pay attention to there throughout the season for Pittsburgh. Um, week one. Starts in, I mean, we're recording this on, on a Tuesday. It starts on Thursday. Uh, so we're two days away. Bills Rams kicking off the season in Los Angeles. Bills are two and a half point favorites, which brings me to week one's edition of Bailey's Big Five. My best bets of the week against the spread. 
Um, this is one of my favorite things to do throughout the season, uh, helping you guys try to make as much money as possible. So let's start it as I get this lovely background music to get playing. So let's start it. I will start it in Buffalo, by the way, because I do think that they will beat the Rams and I will take them with the points minus two and a half. I think the Bills have the best roster in football. And in terms of what the Rams lost, I still think the Rams are going to be great. Don't get me wrong. I think they're going to be a top two team in football. I think they're going to be the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, I think that the Bills are just deeper, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I know that Trey White likely is not playing. Um, so they're going to have to really rely on guys like Dan Jackson, Kyir Elam. Uh, but this is a Bills team that I really like. I think they started the season strong and kind of, you know, cement like, hey, you know, this isn't just all hype. We are here and we are it's Super Bowl or bust. So Bills minus two and a half. My first big bet of the week. Number two, I know that Mike just said bet Steelers plus six and a half. I would bet Bengals minus six and a half. Like this is just a team that is overpowered. Uh, the only weakness really that they had last year was offensive line. They go out and they get Lyle Collins, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa. Uh, offensively, their weapons are out of this world with Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Joe Mixon out of the backfield. Secondary-wise, they're very good. Um, I think that the Steelers will keep it close for the majority of the game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think that the Bengals win by 9 or 10 and start off 1-0. Uh, sticking in the AFC North, Baltimore Ravens minus 6.5 against the New York Jets. I don't care who starts for the Jets. If it's Joe Flacco, I would bet the Ravens minus 13 and a half in this game. The, Ra the Ravens are getting everybody back that was injured last year. Mike kind of touched on it. Um, they had an incredible draft as they usually do. Drafting Tyler Linderbaum, drafting Kyle Hamilton. They get Peters back. They get Humphrey back. They get J.K. Dobbins back. The receivers aren't anything to write home about, but the offense is going to run through what it always has been since Lamar Jackson got there. It's going to run through the run game and the tight ends. Isaiah Likely, Mark Andrews. Likely was a preseason, you know, the talk of the preseason pairing him with Mark Andrews is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think Baltimore, I think Baltimore could win the division. I don't think they're going to. I still kind of want to give that edge to Cincinnati, uh, but I think Baltimore will absolutely be a playoff team. Minus six and a half against the Jets, who are still dealing with who's going to be the quarterback, and that's not what you want to deal with going into week one against a good team like Baltimore. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, plus two and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, yeah, just a lot of noise going on around Tampa Bay right now with Tom Brady. Their offensive line is dropping like flies, which isn't good. Uh, Dallas's defense isn't exactly something that I'm excited about, but Micah Parsons is good. I think that, you know, with the uh, falling offensive lineman for the Buccaneers, that'll help Dallas get home to Tom Brady more. Um, so Dallas plus two and a half. At the very least, I think that this is going to be decided on the last possession. At the you know, very most, I think Dallas wins outright. Uh, this is a close game last year in, uh, in week one. It opened the season. It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and I think Dallas kind of gets some revenge uh, from that game last year and uh, starts their season 1-0. and oh. So not just the plus 2.5. If you want to bet Dallas money line, we'll be able to make a decent amount there. Uh, Indianapolis, minus 7.5 against the Texans. Uh, Indy is a team that is kind of quietly really good. I mean, the AFC, AFC South, excuse me, isn't exactly my bread and butter when it comes to football. There's kind of a boring division. Like Matt Ryan, Jonathan Taylor, they're going to run the ball a lot. They got Stephon Gilmore now. Their defense is really good. Um, and then Houston, I just don't see anything going their way. I don't think Davis Mills is terrible, but I don't think he's going to be around for the long run. They're kind of in that CJ Stroud, Bryce Young sweepstakes to see who they can get. Um, Indianapolis minus seven and a half feels good. You know, they're a well-coached team. They're not going to make any, you know, a lot of mistakes. Houston is kind of the opposite of that. They don't have a lot of playmakers. 
So I will take uh, Indianapolis minus seven and a half. And then a bonus, bonus pick for the week. Denver minus six and a half as well against the Seattle Seahawks because the Seahawks are really bad. <laughs> and I think Russell Wilson wants to prove a point that, you know, he was being held back for a long time. Uh, he's got a lot of weapons now. The defense is really good. Uh, I think Denver minus six and a half against Seattle is one to keep an eye on as well. And that is my big five plus one to kick off the NFL season in week one. Bills minus two and a half. Bengals minus six and a half. Ravens minus six and a half. Dallas plus two and a half. The Colts minus seven and a half. And then the Broncos minus six and a half. A lot of six and a half point lines this week to kick off the NFL season. Um, so those are my best bets of the week. I would be doing that all season long. Keeping track of everything as well. Hold myself accountable to help you guys break in some dough. It's the whitest thing I've said in a while. Break in some dough. Sounds like a Geico commercial. But yeah, week one. Oh, man. I know that a lot of people talk about how, oh, it's been so long since we had football. Feels like forever. So this offseason has actually kind of gone by really fast for me. Like I feel like the Super Bowl wasn't that long ago. It was a pretty well-paced offseason. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited. I'm excited. Just doesn't feel like I've been deprived, if it makes sense. But I'm excited for what's to come. Um, I did release the final iteration of my game-by-game -game predictions, as I touched on with Mike McCaster there. Um, this is the final version that will be held against me. So let me get that pulled up. and we'll, I won't go team by team or anything like that because that would be here all day again. Um, but I will kind of take you through the highlights of it. Um, so in terms of playoff seeding, as I get this pulled up real quick, this is on the fly journalism, ladies and gentlemen, as I like to always say. Um, so going through at least the playoff seeding in the AFC, one through seven, or the division winners, one through four. Bills will be the one seed, then Chiefs, Bengals, Colts is who I have two through four. The wild cards for me are going to be the Chargers, Ravens, and Broncos. Um, so that is my AFC playoff picture. And then NFC, Rams is the one seed, Buccaneers, Packers, Commanders, which is something that I've been very bullish on all, all offseason, and I'm not slowing down anytime soon. I think the Commanders win the division. My wild cards, the Vikings at 11-6, and six, I think they tie the Packers for the division lead, but um, Packers will have a better divisional record, so they'll be able to take that. But the Vikings still very good at number five. And then the Cardinals at six, and then the 49ers sneaking in at number seven is my NFC playoff picture. And then to break down how I see the playoffs shaping out in each conference. So in the AFC, that would set up a wild card round that looks like this. It would be the Chiefs taking on the Broncos at Arrowhead. The Bengals hosting the Ravens. So it'll be the third matchup between those two teams. And then Chargers Colts, really two different teams there. Chargers are going to air it out. Colts are going to be a ground and pound team. So I have the Chiefs beating the Broncos. I've got the Bengals beating the Ravens. That's a game that could go either way, though. I mean, if the Ravens were to go and into Cincinnati and win that, I wouldn't be surprised. And then the Chargers beating the Colts which would set up a divisional round of Bills, Chargers, and Chiefs, Bengals. Oh, my God, yes. Give me seconds. I will take the Bills over the Chargers, and I will take the Chiefs over the Bengals, which means for another 
was it the third straight year that we would get Bills Chiefs in the playoffs the second time in three years that we get this in the AFC championship game but the first that takes place in Buffalo and I think that that makes all the difference in the world because Buffalo hosting an AFC championship game would be out of this world and I think the Bills get the job done in Buffalo and beat the Chiefs and they are the AFC representative in the Super Bowl which takes us to the NFC. My NFC wild card looks like this. It will be the Buccaneers hosting the 49ers, the Packers hosting the Cardinals, and then the Commanders hosting the Minnesota Vikings. I think the 49ers would pull off the upset against the Buccaneers. I know that Mike, Mike said that he's pretty high, obviously, on the Buccaneers, making them his Super Bowl pick. Um, I'm taking the 49ers. Um, you know, I think Trey Lance is going to find his footing at some point this season. That roster is very, very good. Um, and look, Buccaneers, yes, they have a good rusher as well. An offensive line, though, especially for a 45-year-old quarterback who doesn't really move, that, that's going to be a big deciding factor in this. Um, so 49ers over the Buccaneers. I would take the Packers to beat the Cardinals, and then I will take the Vikings and Kirk Cousins <laughs> returning to Washington for a playoff game to beat the Commanders. Um, division around would then be Rams 49ers, again, the third matchup between those two teams, and then the Packers and the Vikings, another uh, divisional matchup uh, in the divisional round. Uh, so I would take the Rams to beat the 49ers. That just comes down to, okay, the Rams are just going to have more firepower. Both teams are going to be solid defensively, but event, like Matthew Stafford is just going to make a play that the 49ers offense won't. Um, so I would take the Rams over the 49ers, and I would take the Packers over the Vikings, which sets up Rams-Packers in Los Angeles in the NFC Championship game, and I think the Green Bay wins that game and will be the NFC representative in the Super Bowl. So my Super Bowl prediction is Bills-Packers, and I think that Josh Allen and the Bills live up to the hype. They finally, after a couple of years of being the darling of the NFL, finally being good again, making themselves relevant, coming so close in back-to-back -back years, get the job done, and when the first Super Bowl in Buffalo Bills history. And really, that's if they don't do that, then it's a bust of a season. There's a Super Bowl or bust for the Buffalo Bills. And I think that they get it done against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, which, by the way, I want that Super Bowl so badly. So bad. Now, look, if we get Bills Buccaneers, I mean, that's kind of poetic justice, too, if the Bills win because they were tormented by Tom Brady for so long and then they beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. That would be great. I'm more than okay with either of those. But I do think it will be Bills Packers. And I think that the Bills get the job done. So as we lead into that, another first for the season is my inaugural power rankings going into week one, which we'll update after every week and see how it changes over time. So again, play the music. We'll start with number 10, the Minnesota Vikings. I just touched on them. Look, I'm excited to see what they can do in the Kevin O'Connell offense. Kirk Cousins has been quietly one of the best quarterbacks in football over the last three years. 100 or higher passer rating in each of those last three years. 35 touchdown passes last year. Um, him and Mike Zimmer, I mean, kind of quietly clashing behind the scenes. I think a fresh start for him. Dalvin Cook's very good. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Irv Smith. Uh, they bring over Jordan Hicks, 
uh, Zedarius Smith to pair with Daniel Hunter. This defense is going to be better. I think the Vikings are going to be a very fun team to watch this year. I think 11 and 6 is where they're going to finish. Vikings start off my power rankings going to week one at number 10. The Denver Broncos are at number nine. Uh, this team has felt like they've been a quarterback away from being a playoff team for the past, since Peyton Manning retired, really. Um, they get another Hall of Fame quarterback in Russell Wilson via trade, and he's just going to sling that thing. Plus, they've got a good running back tandem, an offensive line that has gotten better. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do. Plus, defensively, I mean, Justin Simmons is one of the best safeties in football. Pat Sertain, Bradley Chubb, if he can stay healthy, is going to be a real difference maker. I like Denver a lot. I think they're going to be a playoff team. They're number nine. Baltimore Ravens touched on it a little bit already. They get a lot of guys back from injury, including like their entire secondary. <laughs> they get back uh, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters. They draft Kyle Hamilton. Um, J.K. Dobbins coming back from injury. And Lamar Jackson's got a lot to prove. Um, I know that I've been kind of critical of his passing, but no one can deny that he's one of the most dynamic players in football. Um, and Baltimore's going to be a pain in the butt to play this season. The Ravens are at number eight. Number seven, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I think I have them ranked a little bit lower than many, but uh, the offensive line concerns me. Then again, uh, Tom Brady's there. Chris Godwin comes back. Mike Evans, defensively, they're still solid. I just think that that offensive line takes them down uh, a pillar. So the Buccaneers are number seven. Los Angeles Chargers are number six. Uh, I would have them higher because their talent on paper is just out of this world. They're already one of the more talented teams in football. And then they add JC Jackson and Khalil Mack to a defense that already featured Joey Bosa and Derwin James to Sante Samuel Jr. They got to prove it though. No team got in their own way more last season than the Los Angeles Chargers. Brandon Staley um, showed some glimmers of rookie head coaching mistakes. Hopefully he can learn from that. And this team can be a playoff team, the playoff team that I think they will be. Uh, in 2022. Number five, the Green Bay Packers. Yes, Devontae Adams isn't there anymore, but that defense is still very good. Um, and Aaron Rodgers could turn me into a thousand yard receiver if he wanted to. Um, look, they believe in Christian Watson. They believe in Alan Lazard. Uh, still got a very good running back tandem in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillard, who nobody seems to be talking about, oddly enough. Uh, if the offensive line can stay healthy, especially David Bakhtiari, I really like Green Bay. I still think they're going to win that division. Although it wouldn't surprise me if Minnesota did. Still a big believer in Green Bay. Obviously, they are my Super Bowl pick. Uh, Green Bay at number five. Cincinnati at number four. Super Bowl hangover or not. Like, I don't think that that's going to happen to Cincinnati. Still think they're going to be a playoff team. I have them winning the division. They do play a tough schedule. But again, we saw what Joe Burrow and that offense was capable of last year when he had no time to throw. They just built a brick wall to put in front of him. Uh, on all fronts. I'm excited to see what he can do. Joe Burrow could be a sleeper MVP pick. Um, so keep an eye on that. Uh, already touched on their weapons already. We don't need to to run through their Rolodex. We know how good they are at the skill positions. Defensively, they're also very good. Cincinnati's number four. I do have the Chiefs at three. Uh, if you would have asked me a couple months ago before the preseason started, I probably would have had them lower, you know, closer to eight or nine. Um, but after seeing that defense perform in the preseason, I understand it's just preseason, but George Karloffis looks like a potential defensive rookie of the year. Leo Chanel looks really good. Nick Bolton, Willie Gay. The front seven is going to be really good. Um, they add Justin Reed uh, to replace Tyron Matthew, which well, can be looked at as a downgrade. I think that they do get a little bit faster on that side of the ball. Um, and look, no, Tyree Kill isn't there anymore. Travis Kelsey is, though. Juju Smith-Schuster is no slouch. Marquez Valdez-Scaling can help him take the top off the defense, and we'll see about Sky Moore. Um, I'm excited to see this, you know, 2.0 version of Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs. Still think they're going to be a pain in the butt to deal with. Still think that they win the AFC West. Kansas City Chiefs are number three. Los Angeles Rams are number two. Lost some depth, uh, but when you lose a little bit of depth and you make up for it with, you know, an all-pro receiver in Allen Robinson and a future Hall of Famer in Bobby Wagner, 
you know, they're going to cover for a lot of issues. Um, they've got a superstar, arguably the best at their position at every level on defense with Aaron Donald, Wagner, and Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. Uh, the Rams are going to be a pain in the butt. I would not be surprised whatsoever if they make it back to the Super Bowl. I personally don't think they will. Uh, but this is a team that is going to be very good. Stafford's still there, obviously. Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson. Van Jefferson's going to be a really good third receiver as well, I believe. Um, this is going to be a team that's going to be just as fun to watch as they were last year. I'm excited to see what they can do. And then number one, the Buffalo Bills. Um, hey, one man's loss is another man's reward as Von Miller leaves Los Angeles to go to Buffalo. There's not a lot of holes on this team. I'd be you'd be hard pressed to find any hole on this team. Um, maybe running back, but even then, um, you know, Devin Singletary was really good last year. Uh, you know, they draft the running back that they're really excited about. Gabe Davis looks like he's ready to be a legitimate number two receiver to Stefan Diggs. They bring over Jameis Crowder uh, to replace Cole Beasley. This is a team that is stacking the deck and going all in for this year. They've been very close the last two years. This feels like Buffalo's year. I think it is going to be their year. They're number one my inaugural power rankings so to run through them 10 through 6 the vikings broncos ravens buccaneers chargers 5 through 1 packers Bengals, chiefs rams bills to round out my inaugural power rankings going into the 2022 season oh man so much to look forward to i'm excited as is everybody so i'll to be excited about for this season um yeah, look, week one's got a lot of a lot of notable games. We can pull up the slate real quick before we get out of here. Um, but obviously, kicking off with Bills Rams, I mean that's going to be a fun game. I think it it's going to be a one score game, trading punches. So that's a fun way to kick off the year. A fun slate on Sunday. Detroit Philadelphia is one I'll pay attention to just because I really want the uh, the Lions to be successful. Um. Obviously, Panthers, Browns, you know, Baker playing his former team. By the way, second consecutive year that the Panthers kick off a season with a quarterback who's facing his former team. Obviously, did it last year with uh, Sam Darnold facing the Jets, and they do it this year with Baker Mayfield hosting the Browns. Commanders, Jaguars, that's what I'm going to be keeping an eye on because I'm very high on the Washington Commanders and Carson Wentz. Also high on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think they'll be a playoff team, but I think that Doug Peterson coming over to pair with Trevor Lawrence. You know, they got some weapons for him. Uh, I think that could be, you know, a six, seven win team. That's, you know, can be a pain in the butt to beat every Sunday. So that'll be a fun game to watch. Chargers Raiders. It's the late window game in Los Angeles. That'll be a good one to watch. Um, Cardinals Chiefs in Arizona. Uh, Titans Giants. If you, if you're a Titans or Giants fan, you'll, you'll be the only ones watching that. I assume. No disrespect to either the Titans or the Giants. Um, Packers-Vikings is going to be a fun one. Like I'm very interested to see how that one plays out. The Vikings are a point-and-a-half dog in that game. Would not surprise me if they win it. So keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. The next time we speak, week one will have happened. I can't wait. You guys have followed this all offseason. I appreciate you doing that. Um, I'll support that. You know, I get actually you know it's heartwarming and i genuinely appreciate it uh so follow me on twitter if you don't already i'm assuming you do though if you're listening slash watching this but if you don't at j bailey nfl on twitter new stuff for the bears wire and usa today sports illustrated all that fun stuff that you follow me for i appreciate it week one kicking off thursday going into sunday we'll be here to recap it all next week thank you guys so much for tuning in 
This is the Pump Fake. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.